Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud. I'm your host, Dominic Rainey, along with my producer, Mike Salmon. Hey, Mike Salmon, how's it going today? Pretty good, Dom. How are you? I'm doing well. Hopefully, uh, Nicole will be back with us uh, next week. No doubt, she will. Um, you know, we got a we got a we got a uh, pro in the shop today in the studio. We, you got, you we got an ex radio pro, and we're going a radio to, professional. Are yeah, you talking about me? An ex, no, not you. Not today. Not you. Not today. So one it's of your guests, me. one of your guests, is a former radio announcer. That's right, with a lot of experience. Uh, I'll have to try to figure this one out. We'll, then we'll figure it out. Okay, it'll come out. So uh, anyway, we've got a great show lined up today. It's uh, showtime, and uh, we've got an awesome lineup. Starting, uh, we've got uh, Promethean from North America. We've got Rob Goldberg uh, from Money Mailer of Lanier. We have Ray Ryan Burton. And from LED Consulting, we have the pleasure of speaking with Michael Bryant. Welcome all to the show. And uh, without further ado, let's, let's get started. Uh, first up would be, uh, would be Rob with Promethean North America. Rob, tell us about Promethean and what you do. <coughs> yeah, Promethean, we're an education technology company, provide education solutions uh, all around the world. We're a um, globally based company. Uh, the North America headquarters are in Atlanta, Georgia here, uh, which I run. Um, and we're a publicly traded company. We, tra we trade on the London Exchange um, based out of Blackburn, England. So, Rob, well, you know, in the education sector, uh, you know, the, the new year is just starting. School years just, just kicked off here a week or so ago. Uh, tell us what's new in education and how Promethean is supporting the educators today. Um, yeah, well, <coughs> I know school just started. My, uh, my daughter's a senior in high school now, just started Johns Creek. Uh, very cranky this morning. On that <laughs> <day>. so <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's actually a very big initiative uh, going on in education that's just starting. It's, uh, it's called Common Core Standards. And what it's requiring the, uh, the teachers and the school districts to do now is to modify their lesson plans um, in, to follow a different type of standard that had been followed before. And uh, starting in the 2014 school year, so one more school year out, um, teachers are going to have to assess the students based on this Common Core standard. So there's lots of uh, lesson plan adjustments. So what the, le the traditional lessons plans that they've had, they have to modify. So that's a, that's a big initiative over the next, uh, next year. So as an education company, I understand that one of your driving forces is to help educators to make, make sure that the students are, are a little more prepared for their next steps in life, you know, whether that means, you know, continuing their education or uh, joining the workforce. Can you uh, give us some examples of how Promethean, a, a Promethean classroom looks today and how it helps students? <coughs> Yeah, so, um, so traditionally, uh, schools have made a lot of investments in technology uh, and different types of technology. Lots of times they focused on either a, a display device in the front of the room or an individualized device, either a student response device or something that the kids could use individually. And I think that the, uh, the classrooms today are, are changing, not only for Promethean, but in general. Um, if you think about um, the three major um, learning styles or modalities in a room, there's, a, there's whole group instruction, so where they're all learning and the teacher's lecturing. Um, there's small group instruction where they're working in small groups, which is obviously very relevant to, to business because that's the way we work quite a bit in business. 
And then there's individualized learning. So I, I think the important piece of a classroom is to have some some type of technology in each of those modalities because everybody learns a little bit differently. Um, but the new classroom also has to have the ability to have uh, content move between that technology at the right time and gather data around there to be able to assess the kids um, in that type of room. So, And then the piece that kind of ties it all together is the is the professional development piece, which is, you know, not not the development of any particular uh, use of technology or piece of software, but rather when the teacher walks in this new environment, how do they work, how do they live, how do they moderate that type of environment. So that's kind of the, the, uh, the new classroom style uh, going forward. Uh, looking at your website, I saw some really innovative tools, this whiteboard and all kinds of stuff you guys are using. It's, uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, when you see the movie and people moving things around on the video screens and all that stuff, I, it's like an iPad in, on, in a classroom on a big scale. It is, in the front of the room, and then there's also a, an interactive device called a table that's a, that's a flat device where six children can sit around and move things around kind of the same way. So there's a, it's a vertical device, there's a horizontal device, and then there's individual devices. So, I mean, if you go into a classroom and look, uh, in Johns Creek High School where my daughter goes, they have them um, have technology in each every classroom and if you look at the classrooms where the teacher is lecturing in the front and the students are listening you can see a, a low-level engagement and you look at the classrooms where the kids are up at the board or they're working on a device or they're working individually uh, playing a game doing student response you know doing response type stuff it's a whole different level of engagement and you just stand in the back of the room you can see it so and it works oh it works yeah it absolutely works. that's awesome yeah that's awesome so you guys provide services to uh the commercial, the business, private sector, as well as the government. We are, we are, we have been primarily education, K twelve education. Uh, we do a bit in higher education. We've done a, a bit in the business and government side. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, we're up until this point, we're about a ninety five percent K twelve education company. So, how many schools, Rob, are you guys uh, supporting in, let's say, the, uh, the Atlanta district? Yeah. So, being a being an Atlanta based company, we're we're. Um, in a lot of the districts around here. We have large implementations in uh, Fulton, DeKalb, Cobb, Atlanta Public Schools. Uh, Forsyth was actually our largest, our first and largest at the time, district-wide implementation, so every classroom. Um, so lots, lots of classrooms, but if you think globally, if, if school was in session at the same, same time everywhere around the world right now, we would have somewhere between um, five and a half and six million kids using our devices. That's incredible. Large implementation. That's great. Glad to see that. Wow. We're speaking with Rob Goldberg with Promethean North America. Rob, uh, how many, uh, how many uh, types of solutions does Promethean provide to schools these days? Yeah, so the company was built on um, really three types of technologies initially. So there was the, um, the education technology, the, the hardware piece of the device, which is the group display, the interactive whiteboards that you talked about that the kids get so engaged. Um, and there was the uh, and the student response devices. So devices where the students could not only to an, you know an A B C D D type the response, yeah, but also texting, Likert scale, true and false, you know that type of stuff. So different kinds of feedback um, uh, there. Um, we also have uh, our software piece, which is uh, you know it's world renowned software for lesson development, lesson planning, and development. It's called uh, Active Inspire. And, and then we also have had a large. We have a large. Um, percentage of our workforce are um, former teachers or former educators or administrators. So we provide, we provide a lot of professional development over the years on not, so not only providing the, the technology, but you know, how, how best to um, integrate it into, into the classroom. So not feature function type stuff, but actual integration. 
we built the company based on that. Um, but um, with these Common Core assessments coming up, we think it's important to kick the uh, software development piece up to the next level. So although we'll continue to, to provide high-quality hardware solutions, uh, a lot of our research and development now is going into the next level of lesson, lesson plan development to help these teachers do this big task they have coming ahead of them. So, you know, we know there's a lot of pressure out there on these kids, you know, in the education system and to, to get good grades and student achievement and all the standard testing. I mean, we've even seen it on the news, you know, uh, where people are, um, you know, getting caught, you know, by uh, tweaking the system. And, you know, is, I mean, I've seen it in the last year or so. What, uh, how do you guys measure your, your you know, what, what, what impact do your solutions, do you have a way of measuring what 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 benefit they're doing? Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's a good, great question. So the the other other part of the uh, the software development piece for us, if you think how I just talked about the classroom with where there's content moving between all these different levels of technology, and then there's data being gathered. The question is, what do you do with this data? I mean, the, the biggest question superintendents or administrators need answered is, with all this investment they're making, is what's working and what isn't. So how do you analyze that data? So we're, uh, we're working very hard on a piece of software to be able to take all that data, um, not only at the district level, but at the classroom level for the teacher's perspective, and quickly analyze it and allow them to change paths or make adjustments that are necessary. I think that's, that's the important piece. So um, it's the gathering the data hasn't been the issue. It's, it's how do you effectively analyze the data and easily analyze the data. So that's, that's where a lot of our development effort is going right now. So, you know, on the collaborative side, you know, I, I saw one of your videos on your website and the students were using the handheld devices and really interacting with the teachers and with the classroom. Uh, I thought that was awesome. I mean, uh, as a shy kid in school, I guess I probably would have interacted a little more if I'd have had one of those yeah. in my hand, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the, the education, is particularly when you get up into the, into the higher grades, has, been, has gotten pretty um, Stale over time, I guess, if you want to call that, or traditional over time. So I think, uh, yeah, it doesn't take much to get the kids engaged. They, they know the technology well, and it's really, it really comes to letting the control out of the teacher's hand and letting the kids, you know, help facilitate the classroom as well. And, and that's, that's, you know, as, the, as more younger teachers come into the, into the education space, that's, that's that kind of naturally happening, but we're trying to push it along as well. So, Rob, what's, what's the silver lining in your cloud at Promethean North America? What, what, what makes you guys different and just all around better? Yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's the passion to try to change education with, that, with the ex, not only the, the people that weren't in education, but the, the major um, influx of educators into the organization. Is it just gives us a passion to want to try to, try to help kids and try to, try to change the world. So it's, it's, uh, our founder is a... Is a 73- or 4-year-old, um, just English guy that's just the nicest guy in the world, and all he wants to do is, is change education around the world. He, uh, he goes in and teaches class. He, he'll go into a classroom and help teach a class every week. Just uh, he, he leads us, and uh, it's very inspiring. Another visionary. He's great. Yeah. That's great, man. Exciting, exciting stuff. And uh, how many years have you guys been in business then? Uh, the company's, in different forms, the company's been around for 20 years or 25 years, but um, Promethean North America was started in 2004, came over from um, England in 2004, so we've been here for, for nine years. Um, but the, the first market for the technology was in the U.K. It was funded by the government. Then New Zealand and Australia were second, and, and the U.S. started in 2004. So, Excellent. We've been listening to Rob Goldberg with Promethean North America. 
Rob, tell our listeners how they can reach out to you if they want to find out a little bit more about what you guys are doing at Promethean. <laughs> yeah, I would just go to the website, um, prometheanworld.com. Excellent. Very good. Thank you, Rob. Next up on our show is Ryan Burton with Ma- Money Mailer of Lake Lanier. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is. La- Ryan, what, tell us about Money Mailer and what you're doing there. Well, first, you made mention earlier to someone that had some radio experience, and I'll just point out that if it puts anybody at ease that I'm not on the radio anymore, so clearly it was not something that I was all that great at. So I uh, uh, don't be expecting any wonderful radio performance right now. Obviously, I, I don't do that anymore. Welcome back to radio. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, Money Mailer of Lake Lanier. Well, first of all, Dom, thanks for having me today. Um, Money Mailer, very simply, is uh, you may recognize it. It's, it's an envelope that shows up at your house in your mailbox with uh, multiple different offers and ads um, from different local businesses in it. And uh, it's called, I guess, called Shared Mailer. And um, I bought the franchise in January. The, they've been in business since 79, and I, I bought it in January looking for an opportunity after 20-odd years in the uh, the corporate world. And um, I bought it for two main reasons, because I was impressed with the price that local businesses played, uh, paid after seeing them pay tremendously large amounts for advertising over the years. They could spend a few hundred dollars and, uh, and get enormous results. So I, I was very impressed with that. But um, it's that envelope, and I'm the guy that you know drops by the businesses and suggests that maybe they advertise in it and uh, help them design the ad. So that's what Money Mailer is. Excellent, excellent. Um, how did you turn to that to that business, Money Mailer? How did you find out about it, and what 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 made you go in that direction? Yeah, well, it was um, actually an old radio friend of mine uh, directed me to it after 15 years or so in radio, um, eight or ten or so on air. Uh, and then uh, several in sales and management. I, I, um, I'd, I'd spent the last seven in digital, working in online and you know web design and, and search engine marketing. And um, I was looking for something entrepreneurial to do. I wanted to branch out on my own. And uh, because I'd been having all these conversations with um, with local business owners and you know out kind of in their location, talking to them about what they do. And and I wanted to do more for them. I felt. Um, you know, a little limited being with one company, only being able to sell one product. So, um, you know, Money Mailer was kind of the the, the entry for me, and uh, uh, it's since branched out. I'm doing other things as well with uh, local business owners. But I like the fact that it, it's very straightforward. They can they can buy an ad in the envelope and, and see great results. And ultimately, when people buy advertising, that's what they're looking for. So uh, it's great to be able to deal with local businesses and, and provide Great results and feel good about it. Money Mailer is a great company uh, based out of um, uh, Garden Grove, California, and, uh, uh, you know, good people that just want to help businesses get results. So you're, uh, you know, big on the uh, advertising side, on the sales side. You're, you're touching some really, uh, you know, major areas for businesses. Do you see those as a blend of sales and marketing, or are they separate functions at Money Mailer? How do you guys Yeah, no, actually, well, um, you know, I think sales and marketing are the same thing. And, uh, you know, when I'm meeting with business owners and talking to them about what they need to do, and as a matter of fact, I just left a client before I came here, and and, and, and advertising is a great frustration for, you know, small to medium-sized businesses. They just, they're just always trying to figure out how to make it work, and, and advertising continues to become prolifer- proliferated where 
there's so many things you can do. So, but I think that advertising flows from sales, and and it really it starts it starts in the front line. And and I think that if if your your employees have the right message to the clients, say in a retail location, uh, a mattress store, for example, uh, I'm thinking of one of my clients. Um, you know, they they need to deliver that message to their clients standing in the showroom, and then it extends um, onto the radio or 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 onto the television or internet or, or direct mail. Um, you know, and ultimately, advertising is a salesperson that that's not there that that's that's out. You know, talking to many people at one time. So it's kind of an extension, and uh, a lot of what I do, and I think uh, uh, Mike talks a lot about leadership and 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 sales and that sort of thing. I imagine as well. It's it's kind of it, it's very similar. It all kind of flows together. You know, you you want to um, you want to have a good message that starts with your team and then flows out into the advertising and marketing message as well. How does a business choose the right medium? You know, you're, you're seeing, you're talking to a lot of businesses with all that experience. Uh, can you share some of that insight with us? Yeah, I think it's, it, as, as I mentioned, it's getting more challenging because, um, you know, in Atlanta, and, and, you know, Atlanta radio is, is, is some good radio. WSB is one of the best stations in the country. Uh, I worked for its sister station in Orlando with Cox for, for a year, and, and it's a great station. And, um, but I, I, and I'm just ballparking it. It's probably about a, thousand dollars a 60 you know on on wsb you know so you can to get some frequency uh, it's going to take uh, you know 10 to 15 ads a week to get you where you need to go and and that becomes way out of the range for local businesses they're hitting millions of people and it's and it's great it's high impact but it's um you know it's it's just not cost effective or even result effective i mean local businesses you know they they don't need four million people they need some people in their radius so it's really about melting down that geography and i think the internet i think direct mail i think some good local uh, uh tv some good local cable tv or um even local billboards are a great way to uh to, to hit a, a real nice little tight geography so it's all about understanding needs and 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 hitting that that geography around your business and in cities like atlanta that's that's critical because you can get a lot of waste if you're not uh, if you don't think it through and spend spend wisely <laughs> we're listening to ryan burton with money mailer of lake lake lanier so ryan uh why money mailer yeah all the options out there yeah you know it was um, um i was looking to just do something digital um with kind of my my internet background and um i was a um um, a regional internet manager with AT and T, and 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 was over a lot of uh, a lot of internet revenue, and and uh, um, you know, so I was thinking about that internet aspect of it. But uh, my wife one day sort of held the envelope up and said, um, "Why don't you look at this?" And and my first reaction was, "Well, why why would I do that?" <laughs> um, and and a lot of my clients, by the way, that's their first reaction when I walk in the door. But but as I said, after researching it, you know, I had a dentist. Um, uh, up in the Oakwood area that was seeing, um, you know, 50 or 60 new patients a month for a 300 and something dollar investment. And I, if anybody has a calculator handy, that's very good, by the way. Um, you know, so when you start seeing that, you can feel very good about it. And, and there's nothing better than, uh, you know, than working with the client and having them see results and grow their business and give you good feedback. And, uh, that, that's what it's all about. So, uh, money mailer works. I was, um, I was just very impressed with it after I did all my diligence and research. So I, I like the business. Great, great. Sounds like it. Let me uh, let me ask you. So uh, tell us about your your new partnership with Yext. And, yeah. Uh, how important that is to listing. Now. Yeah, that's a yeah, absolutely. I um, 
um, you know, obviously I'm in talking to businesses all the time and have some other, um, you know, some other experience. So I'm able to talk about different things. But um, one of the main important things that local business owners need to be interested in now is, is listing management. And it really flows from, say, your Google Places listing which all you need to do is go to Google and Google Google Places and then find your business and do that. And, and really um, upgrading that listing, a tremendous amount of um, traffic happens through there. That's kind of like when you look on Google and you see a business name and a phone number and a little picture. That's, that's, a, that's that listing. And what Yext does is um, they bring together about 50 sites and help you improve listings across the board on sites like Yelp or or Yahoo Local or, or those types of places, MapQuest. And um, the short the short end of it is by having correct information on multiple listings. Uh, a it helps your Google listing because Google uses that as part of their algorithm for commonality to determine a good result in the listings. And then the second part of it is obviously all of those partner sites. You know, the 50 or 60 sites generate hundreds of millions of impressions a month, so there's a lot of ancillary traffic that will come through those as well. So um, I'm excited about that partnership. It's a little detail that local business owners don't um, usually know or overlook, and you ask them the question. I've got a diagnostic tool on my RyanBurtonMarketing.com website. They can go and and, and do a little quick 30-second check of how well they're listed, and uh, it's, it usually is pretty bad. <laughs> so, and, and by the way, we're all the same. I was in the same boat as well and uh, have been improving mine, but um, – but it's very important, and people don't realize it. It links into the online review aspect, and it's probably the best advice I can give anybody, and it's, it's a lot of times free, so they can do a lot of it on their own. Can a local business really uh, brand itself? I think so. You know, I think, um, you know, local branding is important, um, and, and, and you want to do it. And, and branding is um, just all about repetition of a, uh, a well-thought-out message. I mean, if you think of McDonald's building brands like you deserve a break today or something like that, I, I don't think any of us would disagree with the fact that we all deserve a break, right? <laughs> so, so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's good branding and, and you know, and, and repeating a message and, and um, doing it on multiple platforms is good. And I think local businesses, if they, they get a good idea, I think John, John Morgan of, of Morgan & Morgan, um, an old yellow page rep, by the way, who worked out of the Orlando office where I started with with that company, and um, I've, I've heard him speak on multiple occasions. And uh, you know, um, his "For the People" um, slogan is, is is brilliant. And and he's a local business that grew substantially, and he actually has an advertising agency now. He's he's so good at it. But uh, uh, just as an example of of um, you know local brands, so everybody should be thinking of of, of that. You know, cool branding slogan, and 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 then repeating. <laughs> Ryan, is online advertising what it's cracked up to be? Uh, I think so, but I think that um, you know that it's there. There's still other things that are great. I mean, I, I do like direct mail. Obviously, I bought a company, but it's it's. I think it all works together. I think that um, you know, with online, um, you know, it's you need to have all the right things in place. But uh, I think a lot of local businesses are putting a little bit too much in, into online advertising, thinking that it is everything it needs to be. And I think Facebook's an example of people don't know how, how to advertise on Facebook. They they try putting little ads, and people don't go there to look for ads. They want to see what their friend's up to this afternoon. And uh, so uh, Facebook's a different platform, and I think uh, um, people are finding that out. And, um, you know, Google as well, it's, it's very challenging. So I think that um, you need to have, still have a healthy mix. It's a, it's another platform, but um, 
I think it's part of the equation. It's not the whole equation. We're talking to Ryan Burton with Money Mailer of Lake Lanier. So, Ryan, you've got an interesting background. You're, you're, you've got a musical background, it looks like. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how your musical background is uh, helping children with uh, cancer research and how, it, how that's, you're involved there? Yeah, and I appreciate you asking that, Dom. I, um, um, you know, my, my background, I started in a band and... I, you know, uh, we uh, I, I thought we were pretty good and uh, we, we enjoyed it, but it wasn't the right direction for me. It kind of led to radio and I was a DJ and which led to, to advertising and marketing. But it um, the the music aspect of it, my daughter has um, has leukemia and um, uh, she was diagnosed about two years ago and we spent a lot of time in the hospital and uh, it kind of re-sparked up my interest in music. And um, I kind of reformed my old band um, from 20 years ago. And I'm originally from Canada, from Montreal. And my old bandmate, Van, who's a terrific uh, artist uh, on, in his own right now, he went off and, and, and did his thing and is extremely talented, uh, came down uh, to Atlanta. And he and I recorded a song uh, down in uh, Jonesboro, Georgia, in a studio called Real to Real um, Recording Studios, um, a song called Sometimes You Gotta Fight and uh, donated all proceeds to a local organization called Cure Childhood Cancer, uh, which is based out of Atlanta. And uh, since then, we've been doing you know, various projects with Cure where we can help, but uh, um, the song is, is online. You can find the video on YouTube. The song is available on iTunes. All proceeds forever and ever go to Cure Childhood Cancer. And uh, uh, the website, sometimesyougottofight.com, and obviously with uh, my daughter, um, living with uh, the disease, and she's she's in remission, thankfully now, and doing wonderfully. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it that was life changing, and, and led to me being in business and all the different things. You when you're sitting in a hospital, going through what we went through it very quickly, puts life in perspective, and you you very quickly get to the plans that you're thinking about, and and it, it put music back in the equation. And as I said, my old bandmate Van came down and. Uh, um, uh, and and I, I think that anybody that hears the song will uh, will, will enjoy it. It's a, an anthem of encouragement that uh, uh, will get people through tough times. But uh, but yeah, so that that's been and that creative aspect as well uh, is very helpful in advertising too. Obviously, you uh, have a studio I work in quite frequently, um, and uh, you know still produce some things from time to time, and just it helps. I think we just discovered your silver lining in the cloud. Amen. Yeah. And uh, so what makes Money Mailer different or better than others in the business? Um, I think that, you know, I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to the people. I think, it, you know, um, I always tell people all the time that it doesn't matter what platform you buy, you're really buying from the rep. I mean, if it's a radio station, the rep that's sitting there with you is probably going to have a lot to do with the ad. And uh, you're probably not buying Neil Bortz. I think he left the radio, but I think it's, I'm not sure who's there now, but he's probably not coming down cutting your ad for you. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you're going to have to deal with that rep. So I think you want to make sure that your person you're talking to knows what they're talking about and, and challenge them and ask them a lot of questions. And uh, I think that'll be a differentiator. And I believe that, that, uh, that I bring that difference to every business I talk to every day. So I don't know if that comes across a little wrong, but uh, <laughs> sounds great. Dom, to me. I think I'm the difference, sounds man. Great to, you are. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a people thing, right? You hit it right on the head, man. Hey, uh, we're, uh, Brian, tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and to your company. To Thank learn you. Learn more uh, about what you do, and uh, they can go to moneymailerlakelanier.com, and uh, that's my main moneymailer website. And there's lots of contact information there, and um, 
and obviously call uh, as well. But the phone number is on the website, so I won't bore people with all that information. So thank you. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration and our local group, CDI Managed Services. Next up is Michael Bryant with LED Consulting. Welcome, Michael. Tell us about LED Consulting and what you're doing. Thank you, Dominic. Uh, I appreciate you having me on today and being a part of this, uh, this show. Uh, LED Consulting is a leadership development and executive coaching firm. And uh, we're committed to personal and organiz organizational growth. And we do that through executive coaching, uh, seminars, workshops uh, that uh, we design and build uh, specifically for our clients. And our, our real focus is that we make sure that we, uh, we diagnose before we prescribe. Uh, we want to make sure that we get to know the client, the client's needs, uh, their focus, uh, their pain points, and those type things. And then we will build uh, a specialized program around the organization, its culture, and its needs. So, Michael, um, your background, how did you get involved? What, what, what made you become an executive coach? Well, I spent almost 30 years with Lowe's Home Improvement Warehouse and uh, uh, experienced the, uh, the transition. When I went to work for them, they were a uh, regional building supply company. And through uh, 30 years, uh, we transitioned that organization from a small building supply company into the Fortune 100 major retailer that it is today. And I was uh, able to be a part of that and all the growing pains and the changes and all the things that you experience through that. And then uh, uh, after I left Lowe's, uh, have experienced several small business startups. And so... My background is anything from a small business owner all the way up to the large corporate world. So I uh, relate with both and have experienced both and feel like that I can add value to both uh, spectrums there. Michael, leadership is a, is a widely discussed and many times hard to describe uh, topic. What's your definition? We've got some great thought leaders here in the studio today. What's well, your definition of leadership? Well, I'd love to interview this uh, great room here and get their thoughts on that. Um, but, you know, leadership starts with influence and uh, uh, positive influence, uh, and you, in, you know, influencing yourself as well as others. And, uh, you know, there's a saying out there that managers uh, do the right things and leaders uh, look for uh, – I'm sorry, the managers do uh, things right, and leaders look to do th the right thing. And so leadership is really identifying the needs, and then uh, it's having a vision and the ability to execute uh, that vision. Leadership is motivation and inspiring people to follow you. You know, John Maxwell says that if uh, you're out leading the way and nobody's following, you're just out for a good walk. <laughs> So, uh, you know, another step is serving. The leadership is really serving those that follow you and making sure that you're investing in them and care about them. Uh, people aren't going to follow you and trust you and believe in you and, and work hard for you if they don't believe that you care for them. And so it's a two-way street. Uh, it's relationships. Uh, I know uh, 
most almost all the executives that I work with, they know the business. They know what they're doing on the business side. The biggest challenge are people and working with people, inspiring people, leading people, and those people challenges are where, uh, where those uh, executive coaching and leadership development programs really come in, into play. I know, uh, I know uh, before the show uh, you play a little golf. We were talking about it. So uh, were you just born with a great golf swing or was it developed? Uh, I never said I had a great golf swing, first of all. <laughs> I do have a passion for the game. Uh, I enjoy it. It's an outlet for me. Uh, it's a great way to uh, spend some time with friends and enjoy uh, the beautiful landscape. And, uh, and I have a little bit of a competitive edge in me as well. So, Well, segueing that into business, into what you do is, you know, are leaders born or are, are they made? Are they developed? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> All of the above. Uh, John Maxwell also says he's never met a leader that wasn't born. So uh, all all leaders start out being born anyway, and uh, then we then they are developed. It's it's a two way street. There are some people that are born with a more natural ability. Uh, maybe they are a take charge type individual, but uh, leadership is is a skill that can be honed, can be developed. Uh, everybody leads someone because we all lead ourselves and uh for me the toughest person i've ever had to lead is the one i shave every morning so how, how do executives know when they need help how, how, how do uh you know how does that come about well sometimes they don't sometimes it's somebody over them or around them that uh, shines a light in the dark corner but most of the time we most of us know what we should be doing that we're not doing and the executive coaching piece kind of shines a light in that dark corner to remind them of the things that they're doing or not doing that they should be doing and it also adds an accountability piece uh, executive coaching is a, a great tool because uh, we're outside the organization so that executive can share frustrations can openly uh, share uh, concerns or challenges that they may not be willing to vocalize inside the organization. And also we can give an outside perspective. We don't have any skin in the game. We don't have any politics to play. There's no motivations other than helping that individual solve their challenges and overcome their problems. Hmm. Are there just common challenges that the leaders face today, that executives face? Uh, well, there's some commonalities with the ones that I work with. And and uh, all of us struggle with work-life balance. Um, the pull between uh, being successful in business and being successful at our jobs. We all want to be good. We all want to be great at what we do. And yet we also know the importance of time away from work, whether it's with family, uh, friends, and those type things. And so that is always a struggle with, with the executives that I work with. Uh, time management. You know, we all need an extra day in the week, an extra four hours in the day that would help us accomplish more because there's always something else to do. So time management is critical and a common uh, theme there. Uh, delegation. Most successful leaders uh, have always been that go-to person, the get-it-done guy or girl. And so as they move up in the organization, uh, 
their hands-on experience and work ethic is not what's going to make them successful moving forward. They've got to learn to hand off responsibilities, let go of things, train those uh, that they're leading to to do what they used to do. And, And a lot of times that's hard because they want it done fast, they want it done right, they want it done their way, all those types of challenges. And so sometimes it's just easier for them to continue to do it, but that uh, impacts not only the time management and work-life balance and all those type things, uh, it doesn't grow the people that are coming up behind them. Uh, the last thing is is just that uh, challenge that we have between making business decisions and people decisions. And uh, those that's a commonality as well. We've been listening to Michael Bryant with LED Consulting talking leadership today. Uh, so, Michael, what do you say to executives and mid-level uh, managers, and you know, what to know? You know, you know, what what is what is the difference? I mean, what, how do you, how do you do that? What do you say to them? Well, if if you have an executive, uh, small business owner, mid-level uh, people that are struggling, uh, first thing I say is call me. <laughs> call Michael. <laughs> Just call me. Uh, no, uh, really, the the some things that you can do, uh, first of all, is, is find a mentor or a friend that you can talk to and share your struggles, your challenges with. Somebody that's a little bit ahead of you in years or experience or maybe higher up in the organization that can help you navigate the challenges that you're dealing with because they've been there before. Um, another thing is just to get outside your bubble. If you're working in a large organization, uh, sometimes we get so consumed inside the building that we never look outside the building. And so we can't see the sunshine. We can't see uh, new and innovative things that are going on around us because we're so involved inside the business. So step outside your bubble. Uh, walk around the neighborhood, the the buildings uh, around you, walk through the city, walk through the mountains, whatever it takes, but get away, clear your mind, your thoughts, and step away from things so that you can see the forest instead of just the trees. So being a business executive is really no, not much different than being a professional athlete. I mean, you know, you got to have an entourage. you got to have people, you know, that you can talk to beyond, you know, just, just the people that are around you. Sports analogies are, are used throughout uh, our coaching engagements and our workshops and those type things because all of us can relate to it. Uh, it does take a team. It does take uh, even the best athletes in the world have coaches. And uh, uh, so it's very common. It's becoming very widespread. Uh, the executive coaching uh, field is expanding dramatically and people are realizing that they need help outside that can provide uh, new ideas, innovative thoughts, uh, somebody with a fresh perspective. Mike, I almost feel like I'm talking to Dr. Phil here. I didn't want to say anything, but he sounds like Dr. Phil. Exactly. (laughs) Kind of looks like him a little bit. Well, uh, we we do go to the same barber. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michael, what... uh, what makes you guys different over there at LED Consulting? Well, we we uh, we do uh, offer the flexibility that some large organizations may not 
uh, provide. Again, my background uh, has been uh, a large part of my uh, adult life. It's been in a very large organization, so I've experienced that. I know what that's like, uh, walk, walking, talking, uh, working with CEOs, presidents, uh, executive vice presidents, and yet at the same time uh, have run a small business, have done a startup. So I have a varied experience uh, in both sides. And also, um, we have uh, outside partners. Uh, I, uh, I do work with the John Maxwell Company, which is a very uh, uh, local but large leadership development company. And uh, also leadership systems uh, that's based in North Carolina that has been doing executive coaching for over 20 years. And uh, Dr. Smith, the president of the company who has trained me, uh, also trains all the executive coaches for the Center for Creative Leadership, which is the top ten in the world in leadership development. So I have uh, resources available to us outside of our organization that we can pull in and uh, meet the needs of our potential clients. I just had one quick question, and I was curious about the name of the company, LED Consulting. Uh, there's obviously a story behind the LED, because I'm thinking when I first saw the name of the company, oh, you, you work with lights. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I guess you turn the light on for, for business leaders. Well, as I said, sometimes we shine the light over in the dark corner. Uh, but LED really uh, actually stands for Leadership and Executive Development was where I had that. And the light, uh, LED lighting is, is uh, big. Uh, and, and so I used both of those uh, opportunities to, to form the name of the company. Double meaning makes sense. Perfect. Michael, if our listeners want to reach out to you and uh, shed a light on the, in their world and step it up a notch in their leadership skills, how do they do that? How do they get a hold of you? Well, the easiest way is to go to our website, ledconsulting.net, and uh, all our contact information is there, and we'd love to work with anybody out there that, we, that uh, needs some assistance. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, everyone. Uh, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. Special thanks to our guest today, Rob Goldberg with Promethean North America, Ryan Burton with Money Mailer of Lake Lanier, and Michael Bryant with LED Consulting. We appreciate all of you for being on the show. And I want to thank our producer, Mike Salmon, for all he does with those dials over there. Mike, thank you. <laughs> when I get them right, that is correct. Uh, perfect. I'm Dom Rainey with Computer Design and Integration in our local group here in uh, Roswell called CDI Managed Services where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT infrastructure, cloud solutions, and their outsourced IT support. I will shed another note here on uh, August 27th, CDI will be hosting a Lunch and Learn seminar on how you can build a better business in the cloud. The location is Rome, uh, that's R-O-A-M, no, uh, Dunwoody. And uh, to reserve a seat, please contact Nicole at 770-542-0059. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silver, go to businessradio.x.com under Silver Lining. And until next time, when it comes to IT support and cloud solutions, CDI is your Silver Lining in the Cloud.